Broadcasting live from the offices of policebackground.net. This is the Police Applicant Podcast with your host, Ken Royball. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Police Applicant Podcast. This is episode number 18. I was like, oh, God, he forgot the number. (laughs) No, you know what was funny? As we were, as, as the intro was playing, I'm going... Oh, what episode is this? So I had to go to my my little uh, app and see what uh, what episode we were. Now I've I'm I've lost the page that I was actually on earlier. But okay, no, it came back. Hey, thinking. Yeah, so we're doing this episode at a different day, different time, different time zones, and uh, it's okay because it's early for us. But our guest is uh, <laughs> is up late, and so it doesn't bother Christine or I. Is that correct, Christine? Yeah, I'm not bothered by it at all. Not I'm actually, all. I'm actually like less bothered because somebody else is put out right now. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and that's the way it should be. Okay. So, um, this is kind of a cool episode, um, because I put out the feelers for, uh, some guests who are actual police applicants. So we could have a round table and just kind of ask the questions of the police applicants and, um, and then the police applicants could ask questions of me, kind of uh, whatever whatever's on their mind. But um, also, I got some. Uh, I put it out on Instagram too, and I got I got a bunch of questions from candidates that they want answered. So, what was supposed to be a roundtable? One of our one of our uh, applicants uh, had to um, had to uh, cancel. So now we just have a guest, and our guest is Jeff. And uh, Jeff uh, comes to us from the East Coast. And so, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thanks for having yeah. me. Jeff's a lot of fun. We've been talking in the background, guys. And Jeff, is he's going to be he's going to be a very good fit with this uh, with this podcast. So, uh, Jeff, no pressure, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, and uh, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how what's going on with you in the process? Well, like you said, I'm from the East Coast. Uh, I live in New England. Um, where it's not 110 degrees in a dry heat like it is in Arizona. <laughs> but um, I've been in the, the process uh, for almost almost a year now. I started uh, applying to departments um, the beginning of September last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been through the process with uh, a, a lot of different departments. That, uh, I know I said to you earlier, I'm, I think tomorrow is oral board either 11 or 12 I'm not yep. quite sure which. Yeah, it's it's it, it's been a lot. So I've, I've gone through a lot of those. I've um, had several conditional offers so far. I actually still have uh, a couple of conditional offers mm-hmm. in place with uh, departments nearby, uh, you know, near where I live. So uh, I've you know I, I've been through various stages. I, I've gone through pretty much all the steps in the process. You know, I've done a bunch of polygraphs, background interviews, uh, filled out my many, many PHQs or PHSs, whatever, um, whatever, okay. whatever, whatever, they, whatever. They, they're uh, called different in different areas. I think whatever right? acronym you want to use, um, <laughs> I've done that. I've done medicals. I've done psychs, pretty much everything except, uh, getting, getting over that final hurdle. So that's, See? that's where I am right now. And I'm, you know, just, um, trying to stay patient, which has never been a forte of mine. Um, but also trying to stay positive and, you know, hopefully uh, it'll work out when it's meant to work out. So you've That's been cool. around the, the block a couple of times as far as uh, the application process goes. So I would say I have. Um, 
there's uh, there's one that, uh, uh, a guy that I've known for several years since 2007 or so from the old police background dot uh, net forums, and he's uh, he's been in the application process since then, about 2006 2007, and uh, he's about ready to to get a pension at this point. So um, you're not in that place, but you are definitely been around the block as far as the application process. And I think you probably know a few things, have some tips and things like that for our, for our listeners, for those who should not give up. So I, I think that you you come here with a lot of information for folks. Yeah. And that's, you know, when you put out the feeler, that's, that's one of the reasons that, um, that, that I reached out to you and, and, sort of offered my story, quote unquote, because maybe somebody can learn something from the, from the things that I have to say, maybe not. Um, but, you know, I just, uh, anybody that's willing to enter this this profession in this day and age, I think uh, deserves, um, deserves a lot of credit and also deserves all the help that he or she can get. Yeah, and this is, uh, this actually goes right into our first question for you, uh, because I'm always curious uh, I came on at a different time back in the day when police work was done a little bit differently. And now in 2021, given 2020, the circumstances of 2020 has been going on with all the rioting and that's so much police hate. I mean, it is horrible. It's the worst I've ever seen. And <clears throat> so the question I have for you, and I love to hear the answers from people that apply still, because I know there's a ton of people that don't apply just because of different different reasons, and they were they were hot to apply, but now they're not. And so, uh, Jeff, uh, the first question I have for you: Why in the world would you want to be a cop uh, with all the hatred that's going on in in twenty twenty one? Well, obviously, <laughs> during the oral boards, that that question comes up a lot. Um, not all the time, surprisingly, but uh, I would say in most of them, it's come up. And the answer that I typically give is, you know, as I told you guys before we started recording, I'm, and I tell the oral boards all the time, I'm 46 years old. So I'm not the prototypical uh, applicant for an entry-level police officer position, and I, I understand that. Uh, I was in education for 23 years. Uh, so obviously, well, I don't know. Maybe this isn't such a big switch after all. Who knows? But uh, I guess it depends. <laughs> depends on your perspective. But uh, what I what I always tell the oral boards, and you know, it's it's serious and I always give the same answer because not because it's scripted, but because it's the truth and it's consistent is that, you know, I figure I have 20, 23, 25 years left in, in my working life. And I want to spend those years doing important work. And I don't think that there's any more important work than that of a police officer. Um, I do believe that there are other things that are as important. Um, you know, firefighters, my brother's a firefighter, you know, EMS personnel, certain doctors, uh, you know, obviously your cardiologists, um, pediatricians. I'm not, I don't know if I'd necessarily put podiatry necessarily on that level, but they uh, are important because everyone needs to walk. <laughs> I think they're so important. Touche. Touche. You got me there. But really, really, that's why. And uh, uh, what really pushed me over the hump to do this is, is I, as I mentioned to you earlier, you, you talked about everything that went on last year and all the police negativity. And I know that that's driving a lot of people away from the profession, excuse me, but um you know, to be completely honest, that's that was really the final the final shove that pushed me toward it, uh, because like you said, um, there's uh, that's right. You said don't cuss. OK, there's a lot of negative stuff. 
that's stuff. being that's just being propagated by the media and by people uh, about the police and you know everybody always talks about the silent majority i, I think that those people are just the vocal minority I, I think that those people are in the minority they just have the mm-hmm. loudest voices and the biggest platform yeah i don't i obviously don't subscribe to, to that theory to that narrative and i think that the best the best way to to prove that i don't subscribe to that narrative and to show my support for the profession that I, that i've always had is to do it. And as I mentioned to you earlier, before we went on, I didn't realize that at my age, I was still able to do that. And it wasn't until I asked a friend of mine who's a retired police sergeant, um, you know, when, when the town that I live in was hiring, I was like, dude, should I do this? He's like, absolutely. So, okay. Cool. Okay. Actually, you know, he's, 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 I think his exact words are why the hell not? He said, you yeah. couldn't ask, you couldn't ask for a better resume or life experiences. Okay. Well, you would know. So ever since then, like I said, that was last September, and I've just been I've been going headlong at it ever since. How many? Would, app, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Ken. I would be willing to bet that the answer you gave for why you want to do this, or you know, especially you know, at in this time and after having a career in in education and all that, that a lot of people would agree with you. Like a lot of applicants would feel the same way. I think I hope that. So. Yeah. I mean, if you don't think the work's the work's important, then why do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and by saying that, I'm not saying that I didn't do important work for my 23 years in education. Yeah. But you know, I, I started teaching in the late 90s, and between the late 90s and 2019, when I stopped, the paradigm in education really changed. And I understand That's that the paradigm, sure. the, the paradigm of police work, has changed. Also, I've heard that from a million different people. But at the same time, I don't know anything else. You know, I I don't know how it was, quote unquote. I don't know how it was in the nineties. I don't know how it was in the two thousands. I don't know how it was in 2019. Right. You know, I'm coming in, I'm coming in fresh and new. So the the way it is now is the only way that I'm going to know. So I'm not, I'm not going to have to relearn anything. I'm not going to have to forget things. All I'm going to know is the way it is now. Right. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. That's a good perspective. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned earlier that you have, uh, you're going to take an oral interview Mm-hmm. And you that's is like your 12th one, 11th or 12th. Yeah, something 11th like. or 12th. And how many applications have you had out there? Probably in the high teens, in the high teens. And do you uh, do you generally do well or are there are there uh, the the next question that I had for you was what are the hurdles that you've been encountering uh, in the hiring process uh, that that's prevented you from getting hired so far? Well, it's tough to say because when they give you those those non-selection letters, they don't really say. Um, I I want I actually did apply in the town that I live in, um, and theirs was the only one that was more specific. They they said that they were looking for a candidate that better met their organizational needs at this time, which I took to mean younger. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. You know, I can't. There's there's certain things about me I can't change. I can't change my age. You know, right. So if, if if you don't feel comfortable hiring somebody that's in their mid forties and it's coming from an entirely different background, okay, you know that's that's probably not the right agency for me then. Um, in mm-hmm. terms of the other ones, I mean, have I done well? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, in the ten oral boards that I've done so far, I've gotten eight conditional offers. Um, like I said, a couple of them are still active. Others haven't worked out for a variety of different reasons. Um, I listened to your, to your last episode with, uh, God, I can't remember her name, but, um, Dr. Vienna. Yes. Dr. Vienna. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
with great interest because I actually was not selected from a, an agency that I thought I had a really good chance at huh. because, because of my psych about. And uh, the lieutenant that I spoke to afterwards, I, I was shocked. I was shocked when I got that email saying that I wasn't selected because of my psych about. I couldn't believe it. Right. I, I mean, I spoke to this woman. It was supposed to be a half hour appointment. We spoke for an hour and 20 minutes. And the last thing I said to her was, I, I was just like, listen, if there's anything you have, any other questions, any reservations you have about me at all, please let me know because I'd like to you know, get out in front of them and address them with you right now. And she's like, nope, that's it. Hmm. I thought I was in good shape. So you were an hour and a half in your psych oral interview? That one, yeah. The other one that I did was a half hour. I was going to hmm. say, holy cow. Was... I don't... Man, that's a long time for a psych that's, eval. That seems like it would be a really freaking long time. It yeah. was. It I've was. been getting uh, I've been getting some feedback on that on that one, and it's a that that podcast episode with uh, Doctor Vienna was an eye opener for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> and um, and it's just like I told someone the other day. I know somebody that that got DQ. I know a couple of people that got DQ'd, and somebody they went somewhere else, and the that doctor said, "Yeah, good to go." And so yeah. it kind of makes me wonder what, how does that even work? And, and that so was the how, how are their assessments that vastly different? Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's that's exactly the issue that I had with it because I had taken a psych eval the day before for a different agency with a different doctor, and we spoke for half an hour. It's like, well, I have absolutely no reservations about recommending you. I'm like, Great. And then the next Weird. day, and it just it bothered me. Uh, I mean, it doesn't anymore because there's nothing I can do about it. So there's no sense dwelling on it. But, you know, to be excluded from an agency that I was really <clears throat> excited about working for, the people were great. The, the schedule was was great. It's not too far from home. It's a town that I know very well. And just to be excluded for something that is, in essence, entirely subjective. By a, also, also by a something that, that you don't know. Me. Also <clears throat> by something you don't know, like you don't know why. Exactly. And I emailed that her sucks. and asked her and I, I got no response. I didn't expect one, but I emailed her anyway. And the, the lieutenant said to me, she said, she didn't not recommend you. She just didn't she recommend just didn't you. recommend you. Yep. It was, she kind of had me in limbo. So, but, so I mean, bummer, but you know, so again, you like, kind of, trying to stay patient and positive. That's all I can, can do. Ken, in your experience, the agency still kind of has the final say, right though? Like they consider what the psycho the psychologist or the psychiatrist, I think it's typically a psychologist. Um, and like the the polygraph, I would say is probably a pretty heavy one, but that really kind of is just like extra information they gather, and then the agency kind of has the final say in whether or not they want to continue on with that candidate, correct? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, no, because the the uh, the po the uh, psych portion of it is medical. Okay, and uh, by law, you can't merge the two together. And you hmm. can't over if if a psychologist says that this person is not. Uh, that's what I I would question. I'm not I'm not the professional. Let me put that out there. But I would question the information Jeff got because uh, if by law, in every state that I I know of, you have to be certified quote unquote to do police work, or you have to be cleared by psych. And yeah. if a psychologist says no, in my opinion, this person doesn't you know, whether for whatever reason, um, I can't see a police agency overriding that. Right. right? So, uh, and plus it's medical. It's like if some, if the doctor came and said, 
medically, uh, you know, we did an x-ray on this person's back and medically we're not going to pass them. The police, the police department can't go, yeah, we're going to shine that on and we're going to go ahead and hire this person because right. it's medical and they can't do that. Right. But uh, with regard to that, Dr. Vienna told us that it doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean anything like that. And well, I, I already also, knew that. <clears throat> it's all that you're crazy or that yeah. you're not crazy. Oh, mm-hmm. no, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's, but that's, um, that's the thing, though, too, is you you had mentioned that. I mean, you already like it is a little bit subjective, I think. And you already said that you had had gone through psych evaluations with other doctors that didn't have an issue. So that's what I think that's interesting. Too. Same questionnaire too. Exact same mm-hmm. questionnaire. Yeah, I think it's, it's highly subjective. I just think it is, and um, I I don't know. I'd have to go back and re-listen to Doctor Vienna's interview. But uh, coming from where I come from, LAPD backgrounds and dealing with the psych people <laughs> there, uh, they uh, they would. When I left in 2018, they were DQing 60 percent of the candidates that we thought were awesome. 60%. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. Like it doesn't seem like that is realistic. No. And I, I just, you know, a, an agency, the size of LAPD cannot afford to DQ because you, you, because you hire, there's one, one to three candidates out of every hundred past the background. Right. And you can't afford to, to lose 60% of those who pass in psych. But, that's the, uh, that's the interesting like phenomenon about it though is like people that don't pass the polygraph are like liars. People who don't pass the psych are not necessarily one thing or not one thing. They're just like that's uh, yeah, that's why it's subjective. It's just they're not necessarily this or that. They're just like not passed. That's no. not necessarily true about the psyche about the poly either. Right. Yeah, I've that's taken, true too. I've yep. taken I've taken 4 of them. I only yeah. passed, I passed three of them. Weird. I don't yeah. get that either. I passed uh, the first one, didn't pass the second one, passed the third and the fourth one. Weird. So yeah, it does boil down. Same it's answers. subjective too because the because of the examiner. Same well, packet, we, same questionnaire. Yeah, huh. we uh, we did an interview with Gil Witt. Yeah, he's the president of the California yeah. Polygraphers Association or something. And I asked him, I said, how come somebody can fail a poly question and then they go, okay, we're going to do this again. Is there anything you want to tell me? No, there's nothing I want to tell you. And then they they uh, they pass that poly question, and then the pol- polygraph the polygrapher will go, okay, but you did you did you pass on this question? But they passed that question last time, and then they passed the question they said there was a problem with, and now they failed this other question. I'm like, that's well, how? What happened to me? How does that work, man? And that's what makes me, as a background investigator for years, I, I just was, I had to talk to, I had to ask the questions that I wanted to ask. And when Dr. Vienna was on, I asked her too. And she, I got the impression that she was, um, she wasn't able to give some information, obviously. Right. But when I, when we spoke to her, the, 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 the psych, I think that uh, people, if they have a problem with psych, they just need to dust their feet off and go to the next agency and they'll pass. I mean, it's just the way that works. So you've had some, but you do, you do well in the oral interviews, generally speaking. Apparently. Uh, Yeah. And then, uh, and then all the other tests you do. Have you ever been in a, in a background, uh, in a background? As far as I know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've filled out plenty of very lengthy background packets for different agencies. Yes. 
but have you ever been assigned a background investigator and they went mm-hmm. out and did the field work and everything? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, uh, after the background was done, you've never been DQ'd, right? I was DQ'd once. Uh, it was that, it was the first oral board that I did. It was the first conditional offer that I got. And this is actually a funny story, not funny, haha, but funny, like you've got to be bleeping kidding me. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know how the whole process worked back then. Uh, but, you know, I, I did the background questionnaire and then I went and did the polygraph, which I passed. And come to find out, I got a letter saying that I wasn't, you know, chosen to for further consideration or something along those lines. And I was like, what? So I emailed and I asked, I asked why. And I got an email back from the chief. It's a small department. Um, and he said, uh, answers from the department's questionnaire did not match answers from the polygraph questionnaire, specifically regarding your marijuana usage. It's like you said on the department questionnaire that you'd never used marijuana. And on the polygraph, it said you've used it 10 times. But that's because they gave you a range of zero to 10, right? Oh, but wait, but wait, there's more. It gets better. You're like the Billy Mays (laughs) of this. You're like, oh, yeah, there's more. But wait, (laughs) (laughs) but wait, there's more. I I actually called the records department at the at the department, got my questionnaire, not a copy of the actual questionnaire. Never asked if I'd use marijuana. The question asked about the the question asked about possession. Said, how many times have you possessed this drug? Possession, not usage. So I, what did you... I took that to mean, you know, like you're holding it, like you got, you know, a, a dime bag or something in your pocket. I suppose technically if you're smoking uh, a joint or something, if you're holding it in your hand, you're possessing it. That's oh, not the how verbiage I is like the verbiage Semantics. is ambiguous. Yeah. Semantics. And, you know, mm-hmm. considering what I did for 23 years before that, I tend to take things, you know, pretty literally. So, yeah, I was like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. And I just I just had an oral board with uh, with I, I went back. I had an or, another oral board with that agency a couple weeks ago. So we'll see what happens this time around. So they they did not reverse. They didn't reverse their decision the first time. Mm-mm. Really? These small because town agencies can. Wrong or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Wow, if that's it means trippy. De- because determined yeah. or stupid <laughs> for going back to them a second time. But uh I went back. Well, I think a lot of times you, you're supposed to, if, if, you know, background investigators, aside from myself, of course, are not perfect. And, uh, and sometimes you have to be able to go back and say you were wrong. And, and the, the department should say, oh man, we dropped the ball on this. Yeah, we blew it. You're, you're right. Come back in. Uh, the department that I, the, the LAPD, uh, if, if they got it wrong, they would say they got it wrong and they they would let people back in the process, but not everybody's like that. Um, so no. that's a kind of bummer for you, but you go, you're back in there. You yeah. I mean, which, with which them? I already did a couple of weeks ago. I, did, I had my oral boards again and you know, the Sergeant that was running and he recognized me, he got this smirk on his face. So I, I didn't quite know how to, how to look at that, but uh, that, that's either kind of a, well, we know, whatever. I'm just going to leave that one alone. I, I just, We'll see what happens. That's all I can say. So yeah. I don't. I don't know what's. I, I would tend to. Would I, I tend to think it would speak better of me that I went back for a second time because it, it shows that I'm really determined and really want to do it. Yeah. Um, but I. But yeah, again, I. I can't control what somebody else thinks or what what what, uh, mm-hmm. what impression right. they're going to get from my going back the second time. Right. And I know. Can't, I, yeah, you can't. I know. I gave the same answers. The questions are pretty much the same, and I gave the same answers. So. 
Yeah, what's interesting about about what we're talking about this whole time is you you bring up a very good point uh, in that you go th- you've gone through what we hear from a lot of candidates that you know what's up I I did everything you asked me to and I answered all the questions and then I got you know psych didn't like me or they looked at my PHS. And they didn't like me for no reason. And then I went here and, you know, I, I didn't answer this question like they wanted me to. And so I've, I can't, I haven't been hired yet. And yet a lot of candidates get frustrated because they're, they're doing everything they're supposed to do. In fact, um, there's people that they, they're so afraid of getting DQ'd. They go and they go, let me, let me dot this I and let me cross that T and then they you know, then they give me the paperwork. Ken, what do you think about this? And yeah, okay, so you dotted all these I's and all these T's are crossed, and yet they get frustrated because, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 don't do something that this, that this agency doesn't like. And so the next time you go to this other agency and you do this, and then they don't, but they don't like this other thing. It's a crapshoot. So it makes it very difficult and trying. Yeah. Yes. So what I would suggest, and I want everybody to know this, that if you want to apply to be a police officer, it is not an easy task. It's not. And it, unless you're some golden child or something like that, it's it's honestly not even that battle. though, because because some of the uh, people like even <laughs> that I that I've known before like apply and they just get on and I'm all really though? <laughs> Why? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm neither uh, golden nor child. That, so. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. <laughs> They're I'm like, just gonna... how did you get hired? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of times I hear my buddy, my buddy did this or didn't do that, and he got and he got hired, and I can't. <laughs> you know, I'm. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of it's just a little, it's just a little hit or miss. Interesting. Well, I just you know. <laughs> and, and there's been yeah there have been a lot of times where i've been very frustrated um you know as i sit here in this moment right now this doesn't happen to be one of those times this is this happens to be one of my positive moments lucky for the two of you because you probably wouldn't want to have frustrated me on your podcast mm-hmm. i'd make a pretty pretty crummy guest but um yeah it, it can be frustrating but at the same time you know it, when i'm in my right mind i'm able to say well if this department didn't like me for this reason uh, well, then that's not the department for me. Yeah, wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Jeff, in your experience, are your, and I think I know the answer to this, and all the <laughs> application processes that you've been through, or as you say, as you say, where you're from, process, process, pro, what? <laughs> processes. How do you say process? No, the, the process. The Canadians process. say that. Process. <laughs> I'm not Canadian. I'm not Canadian. I'm Polish. The Canadians. I have a, <clears throat> yeah, eh? You know, yeah. it's all about, yeah. You know? uh, so all the all the processes. <laughs> a boot, yeah. Uh have you noticed that the, the, the application process processes are the same or are they vastly different from agency? No, they're not agency? vastly they're not vastly different. They really aren't. Um they're they're very, very similar. Um there's there's one agency, it's it's a larger agency, uh at least for this area. They don't do oral boards. Uh, they were the only ones that don't do that. 
trying to figure I'm trying to think how I could say this without giving too much away. Well, I guess I really can't. The state police doesn't do oral boards either, but that, you know, they're, they're come to find out they're an entirely different animal. And I think that's the case throughout new England. Um, at least four of the States in new England, I know of that are, are very much the same, but for, yeah, they're, they're pretty much all the same and they pretty much do everything in the same order as well. Um, it's, it's oral boards. If you do well with that, you get a conditional, um, or like with a couple departments right now, I did well on the oral boards, but I'm on their eligibility list, you know, cause they're not specifically hiring right at this moment, but you know, if, if they do, then I'm, then I'm on the eligibility list for those departments, but you know, you get the conditional, uh, then you do the poly, you pass the poly, then you do the medical, then, then you do the psych. And I, that's unfortunately where I've hit the roadblock up to this point. That's as, that's as far as I've gotten is the psych a couple of times, but, uh, they're very, very similar. Yeah. And the, uh, the agencies, the, the, cause I do, I do, uh, background consultations for us and Canadian candidates. And I find that the, the PHSs are almost the same, uh, for the most part. I mean, they all ask basically the same things. I mean, uh, I've had, I had a PHS that was as short as like nine pages and one that was 30. Um, but I mean, most of the, the, even the one that was 30, it's mostly just derivatives of the same question. That's yeah. that, that, that's what I found anyway. Yeah. They I make, I, I make copies of all the ones that I filled out too. You know, just, just so I know when I'm filling out the next one, okay, what did I say the last time? Because I don't, you know, I want to make sure that I, like you said, I, right. all my, I, my T's crossed and I's dotted. Yeah. yeah. To make sure because that's one of the questions I have you actually for you actually if you don't mind I'll ask it now since we sort of segued right into it is yes. how much how much do background investigators <laughs> communicate with one another so in other words uh, if if I you know I have an oral board tomorrow for example if they give me a conditional and I enter the background process with them how much how much contact is my background investigator going to have with other background investigators from other departments. Well, if you get if you get far enough into the process where you get a background investigator assigned to you, uh, generally speaking, most agencies will contact every agency that you applied with. The only time that um, that they will call the background investigator is when they want to go review your file. So the background investigators generally don't really talk unless they want to know what's in that particular file. Um, so the, the, the times when they would contact a BI from another agency, or if you had a background investi investigation conducted and they want to go over it on the phone and, and, uh, so they'll call the background investigator, the investigator will pull the file. They'll go over it together on the phone and the background investigator from your agency will ask questions and say, how much, how much, uh, uh, you know, dope did he say he used? And they'll talk back and forth. Um, otherwise they'll go to the agency, they'll look at the file and they probably won't ever talk to the background investigator. Well, that's uh, good to know because the, my answers have been consistent across the board. I mean, th th there were, a, there were a couple of small things that honest to God happened so long ago that I forgot about. And while yeah. I was doing, while I was doing a PHS or a PHQ for, uh, I can't remember if it was for a polygraph or something else. I was like, Oh my God, that's right. right. But you know, it, it's, I would think it'd be understandable because the, the thing I'm talking about literally happened in 1996, you know? Yeah. And for, uh, for you and for all the, uh, all the candidates there, 
over 25, I would, I, I, I tell people all the time, have a master, have a master PHS. And that yeah. PHS has to ma- has to match every single PHS that you complete. I cannot tell you. I just talked to someone today. Boy, it's good that to hear you say that. that. <laughs> yeah, they got this this uh, this uh, person got DQ'd because their PHS on one agency didn't match the PHS when they called this other agency, and it could have been very small discrepancies. But they didn't know, and so I asked the question: What what are the discrepancies? They don't know. So because the PHSs didn't match, they didn't know how to appeal because they didn't know what the discrepancies were. But if you have a master PHS that all your PHSs match, match, they're not going to have discrepancies on them. But to not know what the discrepancies are, you can't appeal it because you don't know what you're appealing. And right. so you you say you have every PHS you've ever completed. <clears throat> That's mm-hmm. pretty good. For those of you that are listening, Jeff just nodded his head, which doesn't translate into podcast land. But yes, he says yes. He has yes, all of them. He does say yes. Cost me a couple. <laughs> cost me a couple bucks at Fed, uh, FedEx Kinkos, but hey, what are you going to do? You know. Yeah. And they they should all. Yeah, they should all match. Uh, but that's that's uh, so to answer your question. The background investigators don't talk a whole lot. I used to have buddies that I would I know from different agencies because the larger agencies they get a lot of cross filing, uh, cross right. apps, and so we would we would end up having buddy. I could tell you the guy from from LA County Sheriff's and and the these other agencies, and we knew who they were because that they were popular agencies to apply with, and so we would talk to them a lot. Other than that, the answer is they don't really talk a lot um, back and well, forth unless they have to. Also, I think now it, it might be relatively new, but I think from state to state, if the if there are agencies that are like certified through post, I think mm. they do have like an online portal that you'll put in some of that information into that is accessible by whatever agencies use that that post certification. So if you I mean, if you ever did kind of any electronic background packet or PHQ or PHS or whatever, um that that information would be accessible that way as well. Surprisingly, pretty much all the ones that I've done, they're like, don't type this. Hmm. I don't get that. Cause okay. I have the all worst, right. I have the worst penmanship ever. So, second worst right here. I think, well, typically I think they'll still make you fill out the one by hand and then also fill out the electronic one so that that information is available to both the agency. And then it's also available on that platform. But that I, I also, I do think that that's fairly new for any just like post-certified agencies. Well, I hope be, they that don't. That would be great. I hope they don't, they don't judge you based on your penmanship. Cause if they can't read it, they went, like, ah, forget him. I can't even read what he's saying or something like that. I take that. my, t- I take my time. I'm very meticulous with my letters. Oh yeah. I, I cannot. Um, but considering but, my uh, background, I always tell them they'll, they'll never have to worry about, uh, Poor punctuation or spelling in any of my reports. That's true. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break for uh, for a commercial. We will be right back. Policebackground.net <laughs> is the premier background investigation prep site with veteran investigator Ken Ryball, who spent 16 years conducting over 1,400 LAPD backgrounds. For more information, go to policebackground.net. All right, we're back. You guys missed it. Well, 
While the commercial was playing, uh, Christine and Jeff and I were dancing in the background. It was awesome to watch. Too bad we're not recording it. Well, we actually are. If I is that what you call that? <clears throat> I don't know if it was. How? What can you do when you're sitting down? Yeah. You know? well. um, I was just back- tossing the dollar bills, Ken. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some questions out there. We got on Instagram, Love and uh, uh, so we're gonna answer some of these questions. We've got uh, eleven of them, so we'll go through a few of them and then get through those. We're gonna give a shout out to the people who asked these questions on Instagram, uh, and I'm gonna give you guys an opportunity to answer them as well because uh, then I can make fun of you if you get the answer wrong. Okay, so here we go. Sick. Manny the Yankee, Manny the Yankee on Instagram says, I enjoy the page, uh, my Instagram page. If you're not following me on Instagram, I don't know why not. Uh, Anyways, I enjoy the page. Is having no credit a bad thing for police academy candidates? Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Well, I would say I would think it's probably not a check in the win column. Uh, even though Dave Ramsey would say having no credit is a good thing because it means you pay cash for everything and you don't owe anybody any money. But I, I don't I mean, I, I don't know how how a, how a B.I. would look at that necessarily. Unfortunately, I have very good credit, which means I've borrowed way too much in my life. But. <laughs> Christine, what do you think? Mm, I'd say no. <clears throat> it's not it's not. Uh, I, I don't thing? I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. No, I like I don't think it's con- I don't think it's a condemning thing. I think it's just kind of like is what it is. I agree with you. Uh, as a BI, I would say that having no credit isn't a terrible thing. It's always it's nice to see if somebody has credit uh, just because it's a grown up thing to do. Right. But otherwise, um, y- you can't ding somebody for not having a negative. Right. I think and, I so. think that <laughs> it tells you having credit would tell you more than not having credit, but like having no credit doesn't mean that you have bad credit. So I, yeah, I would stick with the, yeah, no. Yeah. It doesn't, it just doesn't give them any information. Yeah. So the answer is, uh, it's not a bad thing. Uh, Eddie G two thirteen asks, uh, how can we listen to the podcast? How can we listen to the pod? Eddie I'm going to guess Eddie G doesn't care about the shout out because <laughs> he doesn't know how to listen to the podcast. But to answer the question, to answer the question, if you just Google, the police app on your podcast, it'll take you to it'll, all kinds of platforms will come up that you can listen to it. Um, Martin screams. Martin screams. Does he, though? Calm down, Martin. I think so. I, I'm pretty sure he said S- he does. Send, send Ken an audio message once a day, every day for the next 10 years or it didn't happen. Otherwise, it's not real. Uh, he says, uh, how to address uh, bad credit late payments? Um, how to address it, bad credit. The, there's, the, the way to address bad credit is to uh, pay, pay it off. It. You just have to pay it, man. Because I'll tell you, I tell people all, all the time, they ask me about credit. Is it if I have collections or blah, blah, blah. I said, most agencies will DQ you if you have one cent in collections. You cannot have collections. So the, the big deal about that is there's two ways to look at it. You can, you can pay the collections off and then the department will still ding you for maybe a year. Or some agencies, if you pay it off, that's all they care about. Some agencies will look at your credit report, and there's all kinds of little codes. The reports that background investigators get by federal law are called consumer credit reports, which which doesn't have certain information. Don't ask me what that is. But 
the 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 credit reports that they get have all the little codes on there how many times you were late each month and those types of some background investigators look at that and make a big deal about it can i would guess i would guess the reason for that is is if you have debt then you're like more inclined to maybe be susceptible to accepting bribes or yes yes Credit is important. The reason they look at credit is because if you uh, have a pattern of bad credit or going gambling, that's a big deal. You have collections and you're in Vegas. You know, what does that tell you? You don't so, care about. You're an idiot. You're an so idiot. The, the answer to the story is make, make it rain on the credit, on the credit agencies before you apply. Yep. Just pay it gotta, off. Just pay it off. That's how, that's how to address it. Um, I heart shiny. This is an. This is super, super. This is one of the best this questions. Is, this is a special question. This is a special question. I'm going to have Christine answer this because it's such a good question. Uh, I heart shiny says not a question, but a statement. Why are you the coolest? And because um, he has a mustache, obvious. I have a mustache. Actually, that is a que- that is a question. It is. I know, but that's just the way it's written. I just. <laughs> so why am I the coolest? Because um, he has a mustache. That's been a. That's been um, something that nobody's been able to answer, but it's, it is true. So uh, let's get back into some of these. Thank you guys for the questions. We'll, have, we'll answer some more. Wait, Ken, how do, you know that, how do you know that it was for you, though? Maybe the question was for me. I went to my account. <laughs> she, she did not. She did not send a question to you. So. That's fair. <laughs> um, Jeff, what kind of preparation have you done to, to get into the process. Laughs. He laughs. This is a good question, see? I'm, I'm going to sit up for this one. Uh, mostly physical. Mostly physical. When, when I sent out that first application last September, I, I had no idea what the process entailed. I mean, I could not have been any more nascent about it. And, uh, you know, much to my surprise, I got an email back from my, from my town Someone in HR saying, oh, great, you know, show up here for the written test and the physical agility test. I'm like, the what now? <laughs> the what now? Uh, I mean, I, I guess I was going to say unfortunately, but it turns out fortunately I had a wedding to go to the day they were giving the test. So uh, I couldn't make it. But uh, then I looked in and I was like, oh, my God. You know, I, I hadn't run on purpose in a very long time. Very long time. Yeah. So um, I dove into that, you know, cause I know, I mean, for the most part that the physical agility tests are all the same, but th- there's a couple minor differences, but you know, here we it's, it's sit-ups, push-ups, a 300 meter sprint and a um, mile and a half run. Mm-hmm. Huh? And I said, Oh, okay. That's, that's not so bad. Yeah. Wrong. Uh, big fat <laughs> wrong on that one. Um, you know, the, the push up, I mean, the push-ups were that, that was never a problem. I hadn't done a sit-up probably since I was in the seventh grade. Cause I mean, who really does sit-ups anymore? It's all about, you know, crunches and leg swings and all that other stuff now. Uh, but uh, nope, we're, we're doing sit-ups. So for my age group, my number was 29. And when I started, I could do six. Mm. Yes. Notice there's no Good teen at you. the end. Of, there's no teen at the end of that. <laughs> six. It's in right between five and seven. Six. And so you're that, supposed to do 29? 29. 29. So you're just, you're almost there. You're almost there. Yeah. That's, uh, that's where I started. So that was kind of like a come to Jesus moment. Mm. Um, you know, I started running and when I started, I couldn't even do a mile and a half without stopping, but I just, I really pushed myself and then 
pushed myself to the point where I actually tore the labrum in my right hip, which was fun. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, it wasn't his fault. But um, I did that, and it, it was it – was, I almost said it was a – well, yeah, it was a pain. But I had to rest for – it's still torn, I think. I just don't care anymore. It but, was kind uh, of a pain in the ass, wasn't it? No, it was a pain in the groin. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> Thank you. We'll, we'll be here all week. Tip your waiters, try the veal. Um, but yeah, I let that heal up a little bit. I went to PT and then I just got tired of, of healing. So I just figured out a way to work around it. Uh, and eventually I got to a point where I, I passed the physical agility test uh, three times. Um, once, do you guys have a chip out there? Damn no, what? no, that, that's, that's right. Cause it's a, it's a local thing. Uh, around here, they have this organization called CHIP. It stands for Complete Health and Injury Prevention. Mm-hmm. And you, you take your PAT with them, and most of the departments mm-hmm. accept it. Uh, a couple departments still want to do their own as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I passed I passed the test with the CHIP. I passed the test with two different departments as well. So, I mean, that, that took a lot of doing. You know, that yeah, took good a for lot you. of doing. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, going from six sit-ups to 36 was kind of a – Awesome. That was kind of a big thing. You know, I lost, a, I lost, I don't know, 25, 30 pounds, something like that. Wow. But um, yeah, that, that was a lot of it. So, uh, but once I passed the physical agility test, I started going back to the gym and lifting again. Um, uh, I started taking, not martial arts, but uh, you guys, you guys know what Krav Maga is? Yeah. 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 I started taking Krav Maga classes just, you know, to prepare myself for the academy and all these young punks thinking they're going to take out grandpa, mm. you know, like to, like to see you not try. Not going to happen. Well, not you know, no. I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not a small guy to begin with, but, uh, you know, I learned a lot in that so that most of it's been physical, but I mean, in addition to that, I've done a couple of ride alongs, which are really interesting. Uh, very, very different, very, very different. And I had a grand total of zero experience with firearms. So what I did is I, t- I took a, a USCCA, um, United States concealed carry association for those that don't know acronyms, pistol permit class. Uh, back, I did that back in June, just so, you know, to familiarize myself with, with guns and how they work and, well, you know, it's a little bit more finite than how they work. I mean, you pull the trigger, they go bang, that's how they work. But I mean, you know, uh, safety and things like that and cleaning and right. tar- target practice and things like that. So that, that's, that's pretty much, uh, that's, that's pretty much been the bulk of my preparation. A lot of it's been physical and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing that. Because I know when I when I finally do get hired and you know get accepted enough to enter the academy, and I'm going to have to pre-qualify again, take the same test, and then yeah. obviously there's going to be PT at the academy, and I don't know exactly what that entails. I hope to find out just so I can prepare myself specifically for for those rigors. Yeah, but, you're, um, you're sorry, talking about you were talking about uh, the ride-alongs and mm-hmm. how they were vastly different. What did you mm-hmm. mean by that? Well. Um, Two different towns, of course, uh, very close by. Um, there's only one town in between them. Uh, the first one I went on, uh, the officer I was with described his job as boring, which certainly <laughs> did not, which didn't really appeal to me all that much. Um, you know, and I tell people that like, oh yeah, you want to go where there's action. No, I don't want to go where there's action. I want to go somewhere where I'm actually going to be doing work. You know, that's that's why I'm. That's why that's why I'm choosing to do this profession at this point in my life. I don't just want to sit my ass in a patrol car uh, and and do nothing. You know, I want to I want to do I want to go somewhere where I can be of the greatest good. So hearing that his job was boring certainly was not very appealing, but that's okay. They they didn't choose me anyway, so I guess I won't have to worry about it. But uh, the the other one, the other town, that was the one that I got um, 
that I got eliminated based on my psych, which was really disappointing because that was, that was a great ride along. Uh, it was a uncharacteristically slow night. Um, but it wasn't that slow. You know, we went on a medical call, did a couple traffic stops and, uh, you know, he was, he was just great. He was a great officer to spend four hours with, you know, he mm-hmm. told me a lot about the job. Your ride along was only four hours. <laughs> yeah. That's a, huh. that's a long time for a ride along. I wouldn't want to spend more time than, than that with me. That's a lot of time. I've, I've yeah, done I'm, like I'm, a 10 hour long ride, like an entire shift. That's insane. <laughs> yeah but you know he, uh, he was he was in the same position as me he he had, he had come from a different career he's younger than me he'd been on the he's, i think he said he's been on the job five years but he came from another career as well so that was that was cool. a good one yeah yeah generally and, uh, i'll go on more i'll go on more i would yeah, like usually to. ride-alongs are, are usually about four hours i guess after, yeah after shift I, I yeah. guess that makes sense. Like they can ditch you if they want to after the four hours, but I, but the <laughs> the ride-alongs that I've been on, they're like you can stay as long as you want, and so I'm like, all right. So yeah, when yeah. Are, like when are we off? <laughs> you know, and with, so you with, just go with the full ten hours. You know, you're talking about that one officer that said that said you know he he was bored or whatever or you know like that, and uh, and uh, there was I remember back in the '80s I was talking to a young guy about. He wanted. He said he wanted to be a police officer. He said he wanted to be a police officer, and I said LAPD's hiring. He goes, "Oh no, I don't. I don't, I don't want to do that. That's too dangerous. I want to go to this town." And I told him, "You don't want to be a police officer. You want to say you're you a police say officer." You're a police officer. <laughs> yes. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just you know, and that's that's one of the things I struggle I, with a little. I bit. I hope you really did say that to him. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, me too. Good. Okay, good. Yeah. That's what one of the things I, I struggle with, with, with uh, trying to figure out where to apply. Like, uh, yeah, I, I grew up, I mean, there's not a lot of huge cities in New England. I, I happen to grow up in one of them. Um, it's not a very uh, nice or safe place, but, uh, you know, they were hiring and I didn't, I didn't apply. I thought it would have been nice to, to work in my hometown. Um, the reason I didn't apply initially is because uh, my grandfather was also a police officer uh, in that in that city, and he was he was killed on the job. Mm. So um, it, was, it was long before I was born. Uh, he was killed in the late '60s. But uh, I I kind of had a feeling my mother would probably have an aneurysm on the spot if I applied to that PD. But the more I think about it, and I just found out again today they're hiring. I I, I think I'm going to apply because I, I for some reason I just feel drawn to it. I don't know why. Uh, I know it's not as safe, but I mean. <laughs> You know, if, if you want to be safe, don't don't enter this line of work. It's 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 that simple. You know, go. I don't know. Go do anything. Bad groceries, like I did when I was sixteen. But uh, I don't yeah. know. It's 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 trying to toe that line between, like I said before, uh, trying going where you think you can do the greatest good, really. Uh, and I know I, I hope that doesn't sound too too trite or hackneyed because it's, it's it's true. I mean it. And also, you know, a, a department that's that you're not going to be overwhelmed at considering where you are in your life. Yeah. So it's there's, there's that there's that fine line. There was a, a, a candidate that I uh, did a background on a few years back and um, his I couldn't get his mother to turn in the the uh, the questionnaire, the reference questionnaire for the family. I don't know if I told you about this, Christine, or if I mentioned it on the on the podcast, but I, for the life of me, he goes, she's not going to turn it in. I go, ah, let me call her. And so, so I called the house. Somebody else answers the phone. Otherwise, she wouldn't answer the phone. I I call her, and she was adamant she did not want her son 
to be a cop. That's why she was not getting back with me. And when I finally, someone said, ah, here's the phone. And she picks up the, she gets on the phone and, and I go, hi, I'm a, I'm a investigator Royball with LEPD backgrounds. I wonder if I could talk to you uh, about your son becoming a police officer. And she yelled in the phone. She said, well, you want to kill my son? <laughs> I, 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 what? And so she was that adamant about her son not being how, how a police did, officer. How did you respond, Ken? I was why did, thrown Why back. did you want to kill her son? I I kind of smoothed it a little bit. I don't remember if I actually got the interview with her, but um, yeah, she had bad feelings about hmm. police officers being, you know, getting hurt and everything. So she didn't want her son to be a cop. Um, the uh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna go back to these questions that we got, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, ask uh, Jeff about a very important subject. A couple of, I have a couple of zinger questions for you. Zingers. Then, uh, zinger questions. So um, on the Instagram, uh, Addy Nate says, will they ever get rid of the lifetime ban after an appeal? Uh, the answer to that is probably not. The reason is because if, uh, if agencies have two ways of doing things, one is a, is a DQ and which allows you to appeal. But if they deny the appeal, you can't keep appealing. So if you get denied an appeal, you're a lifetime ban. They're not going to let you appeal again. The other thing is a non-select. And because there's no, there's no appeals for non-selects, we just don't like you for whatever reason. We don't want to proceed with your paperwork. Right. Um, and so the answer to that in a nutshell is no, they're not going to get rid of, the, of a lifetime ban because uh, that would defeat the purpose of having a um an appeal Lifetime process it. yeah and uh the ben bradley says um how much time needs to go by for various background dqs to be forgiven what do you guys think how much a time year. distance well it depends I, I, it, on, it's depends gotta what depend it is. on the offense yeah it depends on the offense i mean if it's you know a, a felony or a misdemeanor well i mean if it's a felony i don't even know why you're bothering to apply in the first place but <laughs> You know, I mean, if it's uh, illegal drugs or something like that, it, I don't know. I would imagine maybe a year or so. Christine? Uh, oh, yeah, I would say it depends. If you, like, murdered, like, a hooker in, like, 1994, <laughs> I would say it's probably probably your chances are a little bit time less good. Left, but 94, time goes by. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> I mean, like. If you, if you did it in 84. Yeah, maybe. You know, then, then we're okay. Yeah, that was that was that was more like allowed back then. I think, right? It was it was more allowable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, less for. No, I I think it would definitely it would definitely depend on what it is. Like if it's something huge, I feel like probably not at all, or more time would need to lapse in between applying again. Um, if it's something small, then yeah, maybe a, maybe a year, a couple years. Yeah, the answer to that is it depends, like you say, and it's it on the um on what the DQ was for, how much time and distance. For instance, if it was driving and you got X amount of tickets and right. they want a year, two years of good driving, then that's that. So each one is different. Narcotics is the same. When's the last time you smoked weed? Well, you have some departments are, you know, six months to a year. Some departments, you have to have three years go by. Right. And so it depends on that. Uh, certain crimes when you're a kid, uh, they and and other things, for instance, do you guys think 
this is this is a this is a question. It's a good question. What do you guys think about lying? What if somebody lies, kind of a little white lie, during their their uh, background interview? Do you think there should be a time distance between that? Um, what do you think about that? Are there really gradations in the level of a lie, though? Well, no, but. Because you also have to tell it multiple times. What if it's a stupid little, stupid little lie? Um, Like. uh, That's not going to, that's not going to matter. I got fired and I I said I left because I got another job. I mean, you know what I mean? So the answer to your question is no. There's no, there's no levels of lying. But do you guys think that should be forgivable if somebody made a stupid mistake and was got, you know, all hung up during the process and got afraid? And so they said, oh, the first thing that came out of their mouth and now they're in this lie. Should we should time go by and we forgive them or what? What do you think about that? I think that have to be a judgment call based based on the, you know, the experience of, of the investigator, him or herself. Um, you know, as as a B.I., I assume you're going to spend a lot of time or, you know, a healthy chunk of time with the, with the person. And you'll be able to get a good read on on him or her. Um, my my first inclination would be to, be to say no. I mean, you need trustworthy people in this in this profession. Uh, and a lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. But especially someone that did the job as long as you, you may be able to see something in that person that might not appear necessarily on a piece of paper. So, mm. uh, you know, your your, have- your own experience would would apply there. I would agree with you, Jeff, but I think it all would also maybe be a factor in terms of like, like how truthful they were with regard to everything else or what kind yeah, what kind of read they have on them otherwise. But I, yeah, I would, I would think generally speaking lies is kind of like hard to come back from. Yeah. The answer to that is uh, for lying. It's, this is, this is not the question, but the answer uh, about lying is I can't think of an agency that lets lets you come back from lying. And the reason is because you have to go to court and you have to testify. And if you yep. if you if if you hire someone that that lied, you know there's risk management in backgrounds. And if you, they, you hire someone and they lie on a on a report, there's all kinds of things you can get away with, but lying isn't one of them. You'll get fired for that. You can you can actually do something, uh, you know, something that a lot of people think is egregious, like drunk driving. You can get arrested for drunk driving as a cop and still keep your job. Yeah. But if you get caught lying, you are done. In fact, Christina and I, one of our first episodes was "You Lie, You Die." That I was remember like, that one. You you might some people might squeak by, but it doesn't mean that like like that's not a common thing, and I don't think that that's something that should be relied on. Yeah, and if you go to another agency and and or they apply at your agency and and we say, why did you get why did you get DQ'd by them? Well, I I I I wasn't honest during the background investigation. A lot of agencies will DQ you, even though you told it everything correct on our application. The fact that you lied and you showed that streak, no matter how small, they won't hire you because of what you did at another agency. So yeah. that's off on a little tangent, but yes, you cannot. That was my biggest concern with the DQ that I mentioned to you earlier with that, that whole semantic issue with the department questionnaire that I filled you, out. So, you looked on paper like a liar, but. Yeah, but I, but I mean, as I go forward and apply to other departments, because right. they're going to know about that. So I, I am very upfront with that. And I write a freaking paragraph. 
right. on, on the PHQ, PHS, whatever, for, for the other department saying, listen, this is what happened. This is why. Right. And, and yeah. I, I'm very, very clear with them. I said, listen, I have the background questionnaire I filled out for that department right here if you want to see it. Yeah, you're and, you're... and, so, and some some background investigators are like, yeah, you haven't. Let me see it. And I've shown it to them. They're like, they take they DQ you for this. I'm like, yes, they did. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. I agree, but here I am, you know. And they yeah. they and the most agencies will say that's that's crap. That's crap that they did that. It it is, but it you know, it, it is what it is. It's over now. I just I just want to make sure that that doesn't, you know, follow me around like a hungry dog wherever I, I go from here. No, that so that's, won't because that's why. You have a pretty good, you have a paper trail that shows that that wasn't true. So that's that's not the case for you. But that brings up a very good point that it's not unusual. It's not well. It's it 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 is unusual, but not like I've not seen it before. Is that is that you will um, you'd get DQ'd by somewhere and the information was wrong. The information they got was wrong and they didn't correct it. And as long as you come in to any other agency and you are able to provide information that that was, you know, they blew it, then you're fine. In, that's, in this- that's the main reason I made copies of all my PHQs. Yeah. You know I mean? And you're keeping the answers consistent. wasn't really a, a concern for me because I'm an honest, honest guy. To, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm an honest guy to begin with, and I've never really done anything. You know, I've, right. I've never, I've never been arrested. I've never been detained. I've never been questioned. Right. But even, stuff. but even it's smart to do that. Cause even you can make, like people can make the smallest of mistakes. Like for one year, like if you're guesstimating like, Oh, this might've been in 2013, but it was 2014 that you put on another thing. I think it just pays to be extra careful that Absolutely. you could get caught up on stupid things, even if, if you're trying to be honest. But yeah, I think. I think that's definitely a smart well, as, thing to do. As, as I said before, as the atypical candidate that I am, too, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to give anybody else uh, a reason to not select me. Right. You know, I want to give them every reason to select me. So that that's mm-hmm. that's another part of it too. It's just it's just being meticulous, and it's you know the, the attention to detail that I got from my previous profession. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you'll be okay with that situation. I mean, I hope so. Um, yeah, I don't think you have a problem. Uh, Christine. Yeah. This next question is for you. Okay. Well, it's not. It went to your account, but Yeah, but So, Pralta 3, Pralta 3 says, "What advice uh, would you give to women who want to go into law enforcement? How can women better prepare?" Mm, I don't know. I I think that you, I mean, you have to be like ready to, it's not going to, they're not going to favor. It's not going to be different. Like you have to be ready to, it's going to be the same across the board. Although can we have talked about the, the odd, the oddity that is LAPD's uh, different requirements between yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So I think, I think that that would be something definitely to, to be aware of is just be ready to pull your own weight. I mean, cause you don't want to be somebody that's relying on somebody else. Um, just kind of go in there and be prepared to, to do your best. And I think that women have a lot of strengths um, that they can bring to the, to the profession. And some of the best teams that you'll see working together are, are men and women. I think getting prepared for it. I don't know. That's kind of difficult as far as, I mean, I would say it's the same kind of across the board. Um, I wouldn't say anything super crazy different. I mean, be yourself contribute what you feel like are your strengths to it. 
um, and prepare wherever you feel like your, your weaknesses might be, whether that be physical, maybe interview prep, like Jeff mentioned, going on ride alongs. I think all that stuff definitely helps regardless of what your gender is. But I think just being aware of the fact that women in law enforcement still is kind of, it's getting, it's growing more and more, but, um, they are a little bit, um, a little bit less. So just be prepared for that and be ready to kind of hold your own. I think you're right. Is that uh, across the board, all the requirements are the same. Yeah. I think, I think when people ask that question, what can women do better to prepare? There's nothing in the entire process that, that women need to prepare differently for other than the physical uh, agility test. Yeah. Because it's that whole thing of how many push-ups and sit-ups and I don't know if they still do a lot of the, uh, um, the obstacle courses and things like that. But, um, usually it has to do with the physical, the physical I, stuff. I will say, yeah, because you bring that up. That's a good point because I know that a lot of agencies like, um, are in my area, like the, the physical agilities test, or we call it the POPAT, the police officer physical ap- uh, abilities test. It, that's like, uh, they're different. So, uh, Jeff, you mentioned for you, it was like push ups, sit ups, uh, 300, 300, 300 meter sprint mm-hmm. a mile and a half run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I know like in this area, it's, you have to do like a six foot, um, fence climb. Like it's gotta, you gotta like scale and jump over a six foot fence, both solid and chain link. Uh, it's a two sixty five pound dummy drag, 100, 165 pound dummy drag mm-hmm. for 50 yards. I want to say, um, up and around the cone and back. Um, you do a hundred yard obstacle or a hundred meter obstacle course. That's basically just kind of like, uh, you know, cutting back and forth, like almost kind of like, uh, resembling like a foot chase that would go through like a parking lot. You might, you jump over like a parking. What are those called? Like a parking curb that you would see like at a parking lot. Um, yeah. And then there's like a sawhorse that you would have to jump over. And then there's a 500 meter, 500 meter run. That's pretty old school. That is an old school PAT. What a number, 500 meters. I thought that the old school thing was the push-up sit-ups thing. I thought that that's what they used to do back in the day. And this was like the upgrade for them. Yeah, we used to, uh, I think I took my PAT in somewhere around 79 or something. And we did the uh, the six-foot wall. And then you jumped over the wall. You went through an obstacle course and on your belly and jumping over stuff. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Another one was uh, the pull-ups and then the pull-up hang. And you had to just hang there with the pull-up. And then there was the 150-pound dummy drag out of the out of the car. You had to pull a, a, yeah. a dummy out of a car that weighed 150 pounds or something. And then they had this big weight. It was a huge, it was like an anchor-sized weight. And you had to drag that X amount. And then yeah. we did the mile and a quarter. And then we did a sprint. And at the end of the sprint, they gave you this metal gun. And, and it, and you had to put the, at the end of the sprint, you had to pull the gun in a hole and you couldn't, it was like operation game. You oh, okay. couldn't touch it or I was like, eh, eh, eh. they wanted to see if you had the, so weird. the strength to do that. But so that was in 79 and what you're describing is very similar to that. Yeah. But so it kind of seems like it's evolved a little bit, but there's elements from <laughs> like Jeff, what you've described and like mm-hmm. from where I've described. So I think as, as a female or as anybody, I mean. Um, going into that, just kind of maybe get familiar with what 
the requirements are if possible for that agency and maybe yeah. just start preparing yourself. Cause I know a lot of females struggle with the, the wall, um, because they just yeah. maybe have less upper body strength, but you also weigh less theoretically. So that can help you. Um, and if you, there's different ways to, to scale it. So like look up strategies for how to do that. Some, some agencies might offer like a practice course that you could maybe run mm -hmm. through. Um, but there's different methods for how to do it. Like somebody that has the upper body strength might be able to do it one way, but women have maybe more leg strength so they can kind of pull themselves up to the point that they can and then hook their ankle and get over it. So I think that it definitely pays off to be aware of what their requirements are and then kind of go from there as far as how you can prepare yourself. Yeah. And, I, and, and you were referencing, we've had this discussion before and uh, LEPD, well, it's no secret, but, and I, I think they've changed it, but LEPD would have had a different requirement for males and females. Uh, males had to That's do annoying to me. push ups and females had a lesser number of push ups and things like that. But the last I heard, which is probably six, eight months ago, they were supposed to change it. So everybody had to do the same. And I haven't followed up on it, but uh, that's what Christine was talking about, the differences. I mean, it's also I can, differences based on age, too. Are there? I can, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yep. I can kind of see where push-ups, like, I, I can kind of see, Ken, where they're coming from, maybe, with trying to make it more like fair across the board if if like if like doing push-ups is never going to be like oh you have to do 50 like if you're on the job it's not like doing whether you can do 50 push-ups is not gonna like cost you your life whether or not you can do that so i think with regard to certain things i can understand where they're coming from where it's like if men have an aptitude to be able to do maybe more push-ups than females i can kind of understand why the requirements would be different but in terms of like the dummy drag that's a very real functional thing that Lots of people are going to have to do whether you're a male or a female on the job. So I think certain things need to, like, it has to be within reason if there sure. are going to be differences. But well, there's physiological um, there's physiological differences too. I mean, right. uh, mm -hmm. you know, my goal when I when I took the PAT because there's a, there's a certain range that, you, like I said, it's broken up by age: twenty to twenty nine, thirty to thirty nine, forty to forty nine. My goal doing the PAT, I'm forty six. My goal was to hit all the numbers for someone that's in their thirties. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what I wanted to do. I didn't. I got three out of four. I missed a mile and a half by three seconds. Damn it. Three mm -hmm. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's like, oh, you could have done it. Three seconds. No, I couldn't have. I was based that, that last lap. I had a refrigerator on my back. So there was, that just wasn't going to happen. Maybe next time. Mm. But, you know. But I mean, someone that's in their 20s. It's going to have just a natural innate ability because their body's not going to been beat up as, as much as somebody who's in their, you know, late thirties, early mid forties, something like that. They yeah. should be, they should be able to run a mile and a half quicker. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, uh, for most agencies they they don't have, they don't split them up like that where the, where they don't do age, age, uh, differences or, or male, female. So for the most part, and I, like I say, LEPD, if they haven't done it already, they're supposed to make it the same for everybody. Hmm. Um, our next question, E. Lopez, 21. Uh, we've answered this question already. Chances of having a background appeal approved? Probably zero. Uh, no, 95%. They, they, they deny about 95%. Uh, and a lot of agencies do not use uh, DQs. They use non-selects, which... So we talked about that. Um, Jeff, here's a question for you from Morel... Uh, hang on. Let me get my glasses here, folks. I don't know why they make this stuff so small. Morelia 
Morelia ZM or Morelia Morelia's M. Okay. Uh, Jeff, what's too old to apply to be a police officer? No such thing. No such thing. Dead is too old to apply to be a police officer. <laughs> I have seen people in their 60s who have applied. I thought I've you were going to say I've seen dead people. <laughs> dead people apply. Um, no, I, I, I know. I know there's I know there's somebody uh, there's somebody going into an academy class where I live uh, soon who is, I believe, 60, I was told. So God bless him. I don't care who you are. There's a hiking trail here, like where I live and 60 year olds beat my ass on like up and down that trail. Sometimes it's kind of embarrassing, but like it just boils down to like how good a shape you're in, I think. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I remember um, uh, years ago, somebody was saying that, for instance, if a, if somebody came in in a wheelchair and applied to be a police officer, they would they would have to give them a test because you have to you can't judge people on age or physical all that kind of stuff. Um, you, you have to give everybody the same opportunity to take the same tests as everybody else and give them the opportunity to pass it, and if they do. Then that young kid who ate too many donuts and couldn't pass the PAT, but this 60-year-old could, that that's that says something about the 20-year-old, not the 60-year-old. Right. And so the answer to that question is, as long as the agency, like I think uh, California Highway Patrol, I think they have an age limit uh, to apply. I want to say it's 35. I don't know for sure. I might be throwing that out, let but me, I think they have an Let me age Google limit. it. That seems to be the common number. And then uh, federals, they also are 37? 30, 35 or 37. 35 or 37. What does the Google say for the CHP? Age limit to apply for the CHP is outlined in the California Vehicle Code. That's helpful. Maximum, maximum age limit for the elimination shall be 35 years. They're the same as federal. 35 in um, uh, for the California Highway Patrol. And then there are other the agencies. Chippies. You could be 100 years old and apply. Mm -hmm. So uh, it depends on the agency. This is kind of a stupid comment, but just to clarify, isn't there isn't there a like a Joe, the guy that's on Family Guy, isn't he like a wheelchair cop? <laughs> I don't he watch is. that. Is that a cartoon? Yeah, some people will cartoons. get it. <laughs> yeah, Family Guy. There's a wheel. Joe. Joe's in a wheelchair, and he's a cop. Joe Swanson. Yeah, passed passed all the tests. Good guy. Good guy. Hey, so, Peter. Um, Andrew Johnson Hill asks, uh, just finished episode seventeen, which. Uh, with uh, Dr. Vienna. So you can get DQ'd if you have anxiety. And that's, and I, I did respond to him. I said, it's uh, uh, that's what I was told. That's what I was told. And if you listen to episode 17, you'll, you'll catch what I'm saying in that. So I'm not the, I'm not the doctor, the psychologist, but just from the information that I got, the answer was yes. Um, okay. Way lifter. Way W H E Y Lifter says if get wasted. Way, uh, if a bankruptcy or bad credit in is a bankruptcy or bad credit in general a DQ? Uh, is it bankruptcy? We already talked about bad credit. What about a bankruptcy? Is that a DQ? I imagine it depends on when. Yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm in my mid 40s. If I declared bankruptcy when I was 24 and young and stupid. I would imagine that would be a little bit more forgivable than if I declared for bankruptcy last year. Mm -hmm. That's your answer? Mm -hmm. Yep. Agreed. 
You gonna go with? Mm-hmm. It's a good answer. <laughs> Short, yeah. simple yeah, to I the think, point. I think if you can demonstrate that you're not in that position anymore, yeah, and you're far enough removed from it. Yeah, bankruptcy isn't a deal breaker. Uh, it's just it. It also depends on the circumstances. Why did you get a bankruptcy? Well, I bought three cars. And, uh, you know, I didn't pay my rent, so it went into collections and all this kind of stuff. They're going to go, yeah, dude, you know, that was stupid on your part. I had candidates that declared bankruptcy because they overspent so much and they got themselves in so much trouble because they wanted to buy fancy stuff and they and they spent money and then they were gambling while they were in in debt and they got themselves into bankruptcy. Well, they're not going to forgive you so much for that. You really need to distance yourself. But then there are other people in 2008, they had the mortgage meltdown. And then people didn't have money. They lost their jobs or they lost their house and stuff. And so they had medical bills and all this. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna look at that and forgive you a little bit more. Uh, so the answer that Jeff gave was correct. It depends on when it happened. If it was long enough ago, a lot of agencies, if a year has passed and you've cleaned up your credit, you've repaired your credit, you'll probably be okay. Um. Here's, an, here's a good one for you guys. Sweet Steph asks, why do so many departments still opt to use polygraphs even though they are controversial? Either of you guys can answer this one. This is a good question. Because they haven't found anything better yet. I think probably just because like it's a method of gathering more information. Like yeah. it's it's not, not necessary. Like I think that they might admit that it's not always like the most like foolproof or whatever but it, it's still a means of gathering like gathering information about somebody so and yeah I, I would say that if they found something better that they would probably use that but yeah it kind of seems and there are some areas that don't allow it like it's not it's not allowable by law to do it so yeah it's kind I of suppose, interesting i suppose it also gives the examiner an opportunity to see how a candidate reacts under pressure mm-hmm. because even no matter no matter how honest you are that's that's just, it's nerve-wracking right you know yeah we we touched on a, a lot of this on episode number two with uh, gil witt and that was my poly- favorite one <laughs> was that the really poly- episode number two it seemed like it was later in the game than that no he was i think he was number two number i could two. be lying <laughs> you gonna double check me fact should checking we hook, should we hook you up to a polygraph <laughs> Facebook, Christine is going to fact check me. <laughs> no, she's one. not. No, she's not. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, on that particular episode, we talked about the poly and, it, and I always thought it was controversial. It's a, it's a, a good, it's a good investigative tool. Three episode number four. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's the second time in my life that I was wrong. Gosh. Yeah. Um, what was the first? Uh, I was mistaken. I thought I was wrong, but I was mistaken. Gotcha. So that doesn't count. Uh, so uh, agencies still use it. If it's if uh, I agree, if they use it and, it and they use it as an investigative tool or the person just cops out, because a lot of times the poly can be a death sentence if you lied and you cannot live with yourself. Yeah. So you're the one that's going to you're going to dime your own self off. But if it, it's a very good tool, if you're a good investigator, you can have somebody um, have problems with the poly. And if you're a good investigator, you can look them right in the eye and they'll they'll most likely confess to you if they're an honest person. I can't speak for psychopaths or anything like that. But um, some agencies DQ for it, and some do not. Uh, the The question asked, even though they're controversial, it's it's the best thing out there, right? So um, 
Gil Witt talked about um, voice stress analyzers, and he talked about what was the third one that he he was even mentioned. There was like a new technology that they had. I can't remember what it was. Mm, um, let's see. Or people can go back to episode number four. Number four. Christine earlier said it was number two. I corrected her and said it was number four. <laughs> Christine sucks, man. <laughs> so, it says the guilty knowledge test. Is that a different one? I can't remember. I'd have to actually, if somebody can listen to that podcast episode and, and let me know, um, that would be cool. In wrapping this up, I got a couple of questions for you, for you, Jeff. Uh, are these, are I, these the aforementioned zingers? These are the zingers. The zingers. The zingers. And Zinger. I've got, um, uh, I'm going to add a question. It's going to be a surprise question for you. Okay. So there's so many candidates that I have spoken to that they tell people in 2020, 2021, that they want to be a cop. And they tell me they've lost friends. Uh, they've been ostracized by family. If they lost friends, then they weren't friends in the first place. That's, you know what? A moment, a moment of silence for Thank that you. comment. <laughs> the, <laughs> the depth of that comment. Um, so Jeff, what have you, has that happened to you where people say you're, uh, I uh, can't believe you're going to be a cop. They're racist. They kill people and all this. Have you had problems with that kind of people? Well, most people that know me at all would know better than to say that that to me about the the, the racist part and the, the they kill people part. But no, I, I haven't lost any any relationships. Like I said, my mother is the only one that's really shown any uh, any sort of resistance to it whatsoever. But considering her father was a cop killed in the line of duty, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. But no, nobody else has. You're, That's you're, cool. uh, you, so you surround yourself with people that are positive for you and that they, well, to be honest with you, I really don't surround myself with, with many people at all. Um, I have a lot, I have a lot of acquaintances, but in terms of an inner circle, my inner circle is, is very small and it's just, um, I don't know. It's for, I guess it's for a lot of reasons. First, one of them is just that I'm, I'm kind of a shy person by nature. Um, so it makes it, it makes it difficult, but it's just, I don't, anybody that's that close to me knows that if, that I decide I, I want to do something that they're not going to talk me out of it. It's just, it's wasted breath. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. And uh, so I don't have another question for you. I said I had two, but I don't. Oh, <laughs> I just want to put you, <laughs> I want to put you on the spot for that one. But, that's okay. Uh, yeah. So, it wasn't much of a zinger, I'm not going to lie, but no, because you already knew about that question. So, but here's 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 a zinger for you. This is the one that we ask at the end of almost every episode, and you've probably heard this one many times. Is uh, what would you what would advice would you give to people that want to apply to be a police officer uh, in 2021? Don't stop. Just don't stop. I mean, the fact that it's the fact that it's 2021. I know t t for a lot of people, this might not be the case, but the fact that it's 2021 for me is completely irrelevant. Um, you know, as, as I said to you before, I can't remember if it was while we were recording or prior to that. Um, you know, we have a silent majority. It's, we, it's the vocal majority that gets all the attention, but there's a silent majority in this country. And I believe it's a very, very large majority that still respects the police. 
still you know loves the police and is still very grateful and thankful to the police for for what they do. So I, I know I'm not supposed to cuss. Um, you know, I don't want to make the same mistake Christine has made in past episodes and let a four letter bomb fly. Who's Christine? I don't know. It's it, it, <laughs> some person that I, I've heard about. Just don't. Everything else that you hear is just noise. And if it's something that you really want to do and you're passionate about, then there's there really should be no deterring you at all. Hmm. Just ignore the noise, get tunnel vision in a sense, and just don't stop. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going to. I mean, I, I don't know. We may we may be talking in a, in a year from now, and I may still be in the process. I certainly hope not. But uh, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Because this is. This is what I feel compelled to do at this point in my life. This is how I want to spend the rest of my working life. And, you know, that's that's pretty much the long and the short of it. Good, the, good. The pendulum always swings. <clears throat> the pendulum will always swing. Another another deep thought. You know what? I think we should. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really get that one so much, but. Just act Just like you do. Like, Otherwise... People people hate cops one decade and then the next decade they love cops and it's always swinging back and forth. So that's just oh, the reality. Yeah, you know, in, th- in that sense, and I've had conversations, similar conversations with with police officer friends of mine. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the way it is now. But eventually, things are going to deteriorate so much and the crime rates are going to get so high that yeah, yeah, absolutely, that worm that worm will most definitely turn. <laughs> the proverbial poop is going to hit the fan. You almost Can't. said something else. So Poop. when you so when you guys were talking about zingers earlier, the first thing that comes to mind is those those little snack cakes. Remember those? Does anybody know what zingers? <laughs> see how, how see the depth of how you think. <laughs> My depth. mind is an enigma. <laughs> I don't think um, we have. I don't think we have those on the East Coast. Yeah, the zingers. zingers. They're not like the best, but they'll do in a pinch. You know. Oh, Zingers doing a pinch. Yeah. We're not we're not sponsored by Zingers, but we could we're not be. sponsored by Zingers. <laughs> All right, guys, that was that's a that was a good episode. We appreciate uh, Jeff you coming on here and sharing all that stuff with you. And Christine, have you got anything else that you wanted to add? Just thanks for coming on. This was fun. This was a good conversation, and I'm glad that you're pursuing this. Thank you. Yeah, that's very exciting. Forward. You'll have to keep us posted. I'm very appreciative of you two for uh, for inviting me on. As I said, I've I've listened to just about every episode so far. I'm not going to lie; I'm probably going to skip this one because I really. I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask. Truth be told, I said, "Are you going to listen to this one?" No, I I can't. I can't listen back because I sound. I feel like I sound like a twelve-year-old boy, and I just am not about listening to myself on a. You do show as the parent of a ten-year-old boy. (laughs) You don't. Cool. Thanks. (laughs) I appreciate that, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Christine and I will be back in a future episode. We've got some good stuff planned for you. And remember, remember you guys to go to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars. I'm not, I'm not trying to influence you to leave five stars, but if you could leave five stars, that would be pretty awesome. Uh, So we'll be back. It is the appropriate number of stars. Appropriate number of stars. Thank you guys. We will be back. Thanks for listening to the Police Applicant Podcast. We are the premier police background prep site in the U.S. and Canada. For more information on scheduling your police background consultation, go to policebackground.net. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes.